0: Thanks for joining us this week for the church at Starkey Hills podcast. Be sure to visit our website at starkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. All right. Now, was that cool or what? Yeah. That not awesome. Now you're going to see in a few minutes. Well, I was not kidding when I said they were not here seven years ago, they were not here. And that's what God is doing in the life of our church. Now, uh, so welcome to church at Turkey Hills. I'm delighted to see you. Y'all look great this morning. And uh, if you've been here for very long, you know I'm a, an expository preacher, which means I preach book by book through the Bible. And some pastors, preachers, are what are called topical preachers. So they pick a topic, they build a skeleton of Scripture to help support their topic, and that's what they present. And so I'm an expository preacher because I'm not smart enough to do the other way. The Bible tells me what to preach, and I like it that way. It keeps me safe And close to the word of God. However, I need you to go with me for a couple of series uh, that are topical series. We're entering a topical series today about the church. Um, And we will follow this with a topical series in October Um, it's which is called missions emphasis month and both of them are going to be great I'm really excited about missions emphasis month. It's going to be amazing And it's our prayer that god will will open up the doors for many of you to say You know what? I need to be engaged in missions at some level And this is how I think god is moving uh, Me to be a part of it and we'll help you with that. So it's going to be amazing So what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about for the next few weeks uh about the church at sturkey hills you see, as we grow, it's important that we grow together. What we don't want is as we grow, new people come in and nobody really knows what we believe. So we're all on different pages. And so when somebody asks how we believe about a particular thing, where we stand on something theologically or doctrinally or, or um, in, in forms of practic- practicality, how we operate, and we don't know, so we have discussions and we don't really know the answers to the questions, so what do we do? We make them up. And so, when we make them up or we give a a partial truth, then all of a sudden there's dissension or confusion within the church, and we don't want that. We want the church body to be a family that's all on the same page. Now, this is not a Jim Jones guy in a drink the Kool Aid message. This is what we should be as the church. It's how we began uh, 2,000 years ago. And and what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus said, You know what, I got to go because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit can't come here. And so, I'm going to go away and send the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes I'm going to give birth to this thing called the church and so here we are 2,000 years later and it's important that we believe what was taught in the early church and it's it's important that we all understand what that is and so we're going to be talking about who we are and and I've written a new membership guide a partnership guide which you'll receive next week that we will use in the future for people that come to our church, express interest in joining. They'll go to a membership class and the book that you get next week will be the same book that they get. Now, if you don't read it, that's on you. But if you wanna read it, it'll tell you, it'll help you. It'll help you know what your church believes and it'll help you understand more about why you believe what it is you believe. And so it's gonna be a powerful tool and the series is really important and it will help us all. Now, it's important because we have grown so much so fast. And I forget this as pastor. It's never enough for me. I want it to grow. I just want it to explode with growth. But we're not ready for that. So we have to grow into it for us to be healthy. So what happens is we've grown a lot over the last um, uh, last eight years since the revitalization. And, and sometimes we come to church and we look around and we leave and, and we're with somebody and we say, Man, there's a bunch of people I didn't know. Have you ever thought that? You left and said, yeah, there's a lot of people I don't know. You ever thought that? Just kind of raise your hand, right? Yeah, well, me too. Now, for those of you that didn't raise your hand, meet me after church because I would like for you to introduce me to all those folks that I don't know that you just said you know. Will you do that for me? Amen. It's awesome. Now, we don't know people because we're surrounded by um, new people because our church is full of new people. Now, to illustrate this, to show you what we look like, I just want to ask you to help me. So what we're going to do first is this. If you've been a part of the church of Sturkey Hills for longer than 10 years, which is really not that long. Longer than 10 years. Will you stand up for me, please? Longer than 10 years. Now, I want you to look around. These are our anchors. These are the ones that that built the foundation that we now get to enjoy. But do you see how few there are? And if I had a chair, I'd have to sit down. Because I haven't been here for 10 years myself. Thank you. Some of y'all are old. You can have a seat. You're already tired from standing. Now, now I can say that because I am old too, all right? Now, if you've been here longer than five years, and not the ones that just stood up, I'm going to let you rest. You saw how many there were. If you've been here longer than five years, I want you to stand up. All right, Beautiful. Five-year saints, all right, you can have a seat. Now, if you've been here for less than five years, um, let me just say this. If you've been here since pandemic started, stand up. Pandemic till now. All right, you see what that looks like? Yeah, you see what that Yeah, they're still standing up, still confused, trying to remember when pandemic was, okay? All right, you can be seated. Now, not only do you see now that none of us have been here that long, okay, we also spent two years in the parking lot, which is really cool because when other churches that were shut down and staying at the house and pretending and telling people they were watching it online, which they weren't, but they were saying they were, we were meeting in the parking lot, and it was weird. I was preaching like I was at, you know, Knoxville Toyota, you know, preaching to the used car section. All I could see was a windshield, but we pressed on but we didn't build community. The closest encounter of conversation we had, I would say something that you, you thought you liked and you would blow your horn. Or some of you was probably listening to Wivik and when everybody else blew their horn, you thought you would. But whatever, that was as close as we got, okay? And, and so we need to grow together. We don't need to form this, 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 this group of people who are disconnected all hurting people in this hospital called the church but we can't help each other cuz we don't know each other and we develop this awkward state where we develop build walls around us and, and 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 the longer we go with it the more difficult it gets to ask somebody their name now here's why this is important in part because believers those who have been redeemed in the blood of Jesus the saved folk the children of God we're going to spend an absolute eternity together that's a long time and wouldn't it be weird to get to heaven and you see somebody that you know the bible says we will be known as we are known here we have our glorified body and we run into somebody that we went to church with for like eight years you know or 10 years hey yeah we went to church together yeah you remember my name you can't remember what you never knew okay and we sit by people every week and we don't know their name now you know it's true now, right now, you're weirded out. Some of you thinking, he's going to make me turn around and tell them their name. And you're sweating bullets. You're trying to Facebook them right now. You know, I, how can I do this? Okay. We're not going to do that, but we are going to get to know some people today. So here's what I want to ask you to do. Okay. Now, let's just, let's just pretend every single person in here, this is your first Sunday. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the church at Sturkey Hills. Is this your first time? Man, this is awesome. I'm glad you're here. Now, that ought to be so comfortable just to ask somebody that, okay? Just, just to say, hey, welcome, I'm glad you're here. Or to say this, to ask them a question. So, let me, I, I, gotta, I gotta let the barriers down, I gotta be transparent, so I stand in the front, I do an exit greeting. When people show up, I, I, I welcome them, but when they leave, I wanna say, hey, have a great week. I wanna say, hey, I'm glad you're here, right? And so, for a while, I would say, hey, how you doing? First Sunday, no, I've been here for three months. That was my second guess, okay? So I don't do that anymore. So now what, what I do is, say, hey, how y'all doing? Good to see you. Uh, how long you been coming here? Okay, how long have y'all, or like, how long have y'all been coming now? You know. And if they say, oh, this is my first Sunday. <laughs> well, okay, thought you were somebody else. You look like another family, but I'm glad you're here today for the first time. I hope you enjoyed the service. But if you say, hey, my name's Joel. How long you been coming now? And they say, oh, we've been here about eight weeks. It's a conversation. Well, I, I don't know your name. What is your name? They tell you name. Now, I have cheat notes. It's called a cell phone. I put them in my phone. I kind of describe them. You know, Dave has a beard or a rust-colored shirt or some glasses. Next week, I'll be looking for Dave, and I'll remember what he looked like, okay? And, And so I want you to do that. It's who we're supposed to be. Listen, in the early church, the disciples, the ones who followed and learned from Jesus, they met together in homes, they ate together, they, uh, they listened to the teaching of the apostles together, and they made disciples together. And so to do that, you kind of need to know each other a little bit. So here's what I'm going to do. I just showed you how to befriend people in the church. Simply say, hey, my name's Joel. What's your name? How long you been coming here? If somebody asks me, I say, hey, uh, my name's Steve. Uh, I say, hey, my name's Joel. They ask me how long I've been coming here. I'd say, well, this probably makes 432 times, okay? I've been here about eight years, okay? whatever it looks like. So what I want you to do, and I want you to take your life guide and a pen or your phone. I don't care how well you know them. I don't care how well you think they know you. I want you to pretend like you have never seen them before in your life. And I want you to find six people that are not your family. If you don't know your wife and your children's uh, name, we need to get you in a home, okay? I'm not talking about that. So right now, I want you to stand up. You got to do it standing up. Let's stand up. Everybody stand up. I want you to find six people. And here's what I want you to say. Hey, my name is, whatever your name is, don't use my name. My name is, I've been going here for this long. What's your name? And they'll tell you. And I want you to write them down. Six people. Let's go. All right, all right. Let's not get carried away. We ain't that friendly. Wow. All right. <clears throat> now, that's amazing, isn't it? That's a, you know. Did you hear that buzz? It was like an overgrown beehive, and uh, that's what the church is supposed to sound like—just joy and 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 uh, this welcoming spirit and invitational and uh there's a group over here i gotta apologize i think you're with bob shabline he probably witnessed to you wanted you get saved wanted me to fill up the tub get you baptized okay <laughs> so so that's what we're here for that's why we're here is to engage with people ultimately then to help them have a working relationship with the true and living god through jesus his son that's what we're here for and it begins with a conversation now, now, just be real honest. I know there's introverts and extroverts, uh, but did you enjoy that? If you did, say, yeah. yeah. You know, it's weird, isn't it? Everybody likes to be welcomed and to feel included. Everybody likes to feel like somebody cares. And in less than six minutes, you all demonstrated that with each other. Now, listen, I shouldn't have to do that every week. We should do that on our own because we're filled with the Spirit of God. And that's what he leads us to do. Now, what you didn't know, this is why this is so cool. If you did what I told you to do, and I hope you did by writing them down or putting them in your phone, because I might randomly stop you on the way out and check you. you know, I'm going to card you, okay, and see who, who's your six names. Let me just be real honest. You guys ventured none. You stayed right there. So, way to go, okay? There's a whole bunch of people back there you need to meet. Next week. Now, here's the thing why is that so important? Because you didn't know it, but you just created a prayer list for somebody else. You see, those names that you recorded, those names that you received today, I want you to pray for this week. And you say, well, I'm not good at prayer. I didn't ask you if you were good at prayer. I want you to take those names and put them on your dashboard, on your mirror, in your book, on wherever you're going to be reminded to see it. Send yourself a daily text. And when you see those names again, a simple prayer. God, I'm praying, and you pray for those six people by name. Here's what happens. Their name just got presented to God in prayer. That's cool. Also, you repeated their names now by next week for seven days. And now you know their names. Not only that, but all the people that you just... Introduce yourself to they now know you and they know they have a friend Man, that's just good stuff and that's what the church is supposed to look like now moving forward it's important as we grow and we expand it's important that we grow smaller as we do and we do that by getting to know each other on a one-on-one basis every single week now I'll be honest with you I hope the circle that you ended up with were good representatives of the church at Sturkey Hills. If you ended up with some people in your circle introducing themselves and they were a stick in the mud, now you know their name, you come tell the preacher. <laughs> Amen? I'll take care of that, all right? Uh, number two, I, I want you to know that, that if, if, if you don't feel like that circle's going to pray for you, it's a big deal. You can turn in your uh, connection card, tear it off of your life guide, turn it in at the connection center and just say your name, your number, and that you need prayer and we'll put you on our prayer list, okay? Because we're serious about it. That's what the church is supposed to do. We're supposed to care for each other. And sometimes we live in a consumeristic world where we come to church to receive rather than to give back. And we're supposed to be givers, not takers, because Jesus was a giver. Amen? Now, let's uh, let's begin as we're going to unpack what we believe is the church. Because every church is a little different. In our very community... Uh, I could tell you if you're a guest today and you're wondering about churches in the area, I'm not backward about it. There's great churches in our area. I could tell you the pastor's cell phone number of many of them. I could show you where where those churches are located. And they're really good churches. I mean, they're not Sturkey Hills, but they're really good churches. Okay, they're really good churches in the area, but all of them have their own complexion. They have their own dynamics. They have their own personality They become who they are, and all of them may be similar in some ways. They are different in other ways. And so in the next six weeks, we're going to unpack what makes us unique as a church. And it is determined by our DNA, what we believe. It is our core values, the things that we place the most emphasis on. Um, It is the things that we have built this church around. It, It is the things that if people ask you, you should know how we stand and what we believe about things. And and we're supposed to be linked. The difference is all of the things we're going to talk about in the next six weeks are built upon the one thing that every church should be linked and hooked and tethered to. And that is the eternal, infallible, inerrant word of a living, loving God. God and if there's a place that calls themselves a church and they are not linked to this book they need to call themselves something else because they are not a church and so we are a church that's hooked uh, intricately to the word of God it's what we are built upon so the question would be why are we using DNA excuse me why are we using DNA as the theme the motif uh, of our partnership guide and of this mini series moving forward it's amazing tanner suggested dna to me i started doing some work so let me define dna this is not my definition it's not a paraphrase i'm going to read what i copied and pasted from a very reliable source called wikipedia okay now dna is an acronym for this deoxyribonucleic acid if you're a biology or chemistry geek you already knew that but for the rest of us that's what it is now what does it do this is really cool listen and this is why it partners well with the church it is the molecule that encodes the genetic instructions used in the development and the functioning of all known living organisms It not only determines the biological instructions for each organism, it is what separates one from the other. DNA is passed from adult organisms to their offspring during reproduction. DNA contains the instructions needed for an organism to develop, survive, and reproduce. You get it? We have a great commission upon our life to reproduce ourselves. And as we do, it's important that we pass on the right DNA, not some corrupted idea about what the church is or some corrupted idea about who God is or some corrupted idea about how we are saved or, or whatever it might be. It's important that the DNA, that we all understand the DNA that makes us who we are and that we pass it on well to the next generation, which we had a beautiful illustration of our next generations when we had our boys and girls and our students on the stage now this is interesting the complete DNA instruction book or genome for the human being contains about three billion bases and about 20,000 genes on 23 pairs of chromosomes you will be delighted that the church does not have that many so this series is only going to be about six weeks okay and that's why we're doing this and so we're going to unpack who we are. So when we leave uh, today and in the future weeks and coming weeks, uh, we will know more about who we are. And, and, and next week we'll pass out the guide. You will always have a resource to know what, what we believe as the church about some powerful things uh, because we've rewritten the partnership guide. We've also taken a hard look at our, uh, our bylaws, the things, the, the, the business side of how we operate. And we We pretty much act like it says we should act. We're going to reword some things and and reconfigure some things and we'll present it to the church with the budget for approval. It's how we do things. It's all going to be spelled out. So nobody will wonder how we do things, what we believe and how we conduct business. Now to begin that we need to realize that as the church grows and let me just tell you the church is growing. This church and the church around the world It may not be growing in segments. It may may not be growing in certain population groups or in particular church uh, assemblies, but it's growing worldwide and it's growing here. And it's gonna continue to grow. As long as we are faithful to Jesus, as long as we are committed to his word, this church, the church at Circuit Hills, will continue to grow. Now, I don't say that pridefully because it's not about me. I say that confidently because it's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. You know what that means? Jesus is going to build his church. I just think that's cool. That the God of the universe established this institution to change the world through called the local church I think it's cool. I get to be a pastor because of all people, I should not be, and I think it's cool that you're part of this one. And God wants to use you to expand the dimensions of of heaven and decrease the size of hell. He wants to engage you in His kingdom agenda, and the tool that He uses, it's the church. There's nothing else. It's the church. And so we want to be a church that aligns well with Jesus' statement that he wanted to grow it. We want to align well by doing things the way he said to do it through his word. And then watch him do what only he can do. And sometimes people say, well, I just don't like a big church. Well, you're going to struggle in heaven if you go. Because heaven's going to be a big old church. It's going to be full of people who are born again, saved in the blood of Jesus, who are children of God, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, the church. That's what heaven looks like. And so to to, to begin to unpack who we are, it begins with something that every business or organization should have. Some don't, but they should. And I'm not going to say ours is the best one. Ours, it sums up who we are. A vision statement uh, in, in, in a few words, says uh, generally who we are. And so I want, to, I want to show you our vision statement. Our vision statement is this. We exist to lift high the name of Jesus, the supreme changer of all things. We exist to unconditionally offer the love of God to all people, both here and around the world. We are a community of believers joining together in obedience to the great commandment and a passionate pursuit of the great commission that's who we are and you don't have to write it down next week when you get your uh your partnership guide it'll be right there it'll say vision statement it'll be right there for you to to begin to learn I want you to know that's who we are if we had to sum it up now the next step in an organization is to kind of define simply how it is we're going to accomplish our vision statement. And so the next thing we're going to talk about are our mission objectives. Our mission objectives explain how we're going to accomplish our vision statement. And so to easily remember it, we, we use three words: knowing, growing, and going. So let's talk about it a little bit. Knowing is simply this. Our mission objective in, a, in accomplishing our vision statement is to know is knowing Jesus intimately. Our goal for every person that walks through those doors into this room is to ultimately know Jesus in an intimate way. That's it. That's where it all begins. That's where everything changes. Number two, growing. Growing as a community Of Jesus followers once we have an intimate relationship with Jesus once you do once I do we begin to expand we begin to grow that and we swell it up into what becomes the church that Jesus said that he would grow and thirdly going next door and around the world to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Once we know Jesus intimately, once we're growing together as a community of believers, then our goal is to go into the world and into our communities sharing what it is that we have experienced personally and intimately. And, and, and I'm really excited about this. That's why we're having Missions Emphasis Month. And, and I'm not saying that God wants you to be on, a foreign, on foreign soil ever. I, I don't know that. But I know this, God wants some of you to be on foreign soil. And I know God wants all of you to be good missionaries on your own soil. You see, there's a phrase that says, the greatest missionaries abroad begin by being great missionaries at home. Everybody is a missionary. Everybody we will see is, um, is in ministry. All of you are. If you're saved, you're in ministry. You're called by God to, to be on, uh, on mission sharing the truth that now lives within you. So, to accomplish our mission uh, objectives, which accomplish our vision statement, we have a focal passage for the church. And the focal passage for the church is 1 Corinthians 9.22. 1 Corinthians 9.22 says this, I have become all things to all people so that by all means I might save some. That's it. That's why we're here. That's why you're here. Your goal is to be an ambassador of the goal corporately of the church. I have become all things to all people so that by all means I might save some. Now let me clear that up. Paul wasn't saying he could save anybody. Paul couldn't save himself. He couldn't save others. You couldn't save yourself. It took Jesus. I couldn't save myself. Paul's saying I'm going to do whatever it takes so that God will use me to save somebody from an eternal destiny in a place called hell you are on a rescue mission from God it's no small thing it's a big deal and God wants you to actively be part of it so then this comes up next sometimes people say well I get it I get it but why the whole membership thing why the whole partnership thing can't we just all come to church and go home and eat our fried chicken You know, I mean, why do we have to be a member of anything? Why do we have to be a partner with the church? Well, it's a good question. Because sometimes, uh, sometimes coming together, we realize we're a part of something bigger. And when we realize we're not alone, we are a part of something bigger, we accomplish more. We gain strength in numbers. uh, We We are more apt to hold somebody accountable and to be held accountable. And therefore, we're more engaged in the mission of that thing which we are a member or a partner with. Now, sometimes what happens in your conversations, let me just go ahead and clear this up. Some of you will, if you haven't already, you will in the future. Hear this, well, I heard about the church at Sturkey Hills. They're all about the numbers. That's what, they're just all about the numbers at the church at Sturkey Hills. So, can I go ahead and clear that up? We are absolutely all about the numbers at Sturkey Hills, okay? We do not run from that. We do not shy away from that. We do not hide from that. Look at your pastor. I am all about numbers. I married a woman who teaches calculus. She's about the numbers. Amen? We're all about the numbers. Why? How can I say that? Because every number represents a soul. And every soul represents a potential part of the Lord's forever church. Every soul, which is every number, represents a member, which is a part of the body, which is the body of Christ upon this earth. We don't have to hide from that. We count attendance every Sunday in both services. If you want to volunteer for the worst job in the church, head counter some of y'all cannot sit still to save your life scratching your ears and getting your phone and fixing something and poking somebody and squirming like you got on three-day old underwear I don't know what's going on and meanwhile there's somebody standing back there and when they get to you they lose count did I count the one before okay it's a terrible job we count you all every week We count our boys and girls in the back every week. We have about 500. We have about 100 boys and girls, uh, average about 100 every week. We count, um, what else? We count baptisms. We probably have about 35 baptisms a year. Uh, We count your money, about a million dollars a year. Um, We count how many students go to student ministry, youth, on Wednesday night, or if they go on an event, we count them. We count our college group, how many attend that. We count how many people are in life group and how many people are in community groups. We count how many people are going to particular events, men's events, women's events. We count. Why? Because we care about the numbers. Why? Because God cares about the numbers. Why? Because every number represents a soul. And the reason your leadership concentrates on numbers is so you don't have to. Because let me tell you what happens. If all of those numbers I just mentioned begin to decline you know what you all do you start worrying about the numbers and then you wonder why we're not worrying about the numbers so we're going to worry about them so you don't have to and fortunately by the grace of God our numbers are great God has done great things in the life of our church and I have a hundred percent confidence God's going to continue to do that as long as we are faithful to Jesus and his word and and faithful in missions around the world and that's who we're going to be and so we're going to learn that now In the Bible, numbers are used everywhere. Often, God tells us in Scripture um, how things happen and numerically what it looks like. In the Bible, there's a whole book called Numbers. And in that book of Numbers, you can read it. It's boring. It's people counting people, okay? It's okay. So when somebody says the church at Sturkey Hills is all about the numbers, you hold your head up, grow a spine, and say, Yes, we are. And you should be too. Because every day, the number of people that are dying and going to hell is growing because we haven't done what we should do. And that's true. Numbers matter to the devil. Numbers matter to God. And numbers matter to the church at Sturkey Hills. And so, and so why then, members and partners? How does that evolve how do we get to that place where we're like connected we have a membership now I want to be real clear we're moving the word from membership to partnership intentionally because when you use the word membership it's like you're joining the country club and there's nothing wrong with the country club okay it's like you're you're in school and you're join, you're going to become a member of the beta club and nothing wrong with the beta club but it's not the church and God never wanted us just to have people who signed a line and said yeah I'm a member of that being a member of a church will save absolutely no one unless they are a member of the church because Jesus has come into their life and radically saved them then they will spend eternity in heaven and so we want to be real sure when we use that word membership of a church that it's, it's it's not our salvation membership of a church is more of a partnership in the church a partnership uh, uh, joining the church in their mission doing what God has called the church to do and utilizing and deploying each one of us in the spiritual gifts that he's given us I want you to know this if you're born again the Holy Spirit sealed you and he desires to fill you and when he came into your life he brought gifts now he brought fruit love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control he brought you got those in you They're just waiting to get out, all of that stuff. They're just waiting to get out, okay? But he also gives gifts, and the Bible talks about gifts, and we'll talk about those. Gifts that he wants to use in the church as a member of this body called the church. And so I want to give you a few reasons, and we'll be finished, a few reasons of why we believe partnership with the local church is important in your life and in my life. First, it's important biblically. It's important big, biblically because Christ died to save us one by one. But he established the church so we're never alone. That's so cool. Sometimes people get saved at the same time with other people. It doesn't mean any of them are not saved. It just means they got saved at the same time. But the truth is, anybody that's saved was saved individually. God saves people one by one one but left by themselves they become vulnerable fruit ripe for the picking of the devil and so God established the church where one by one we come together and we build this beautiful thing called the church we find strength and encouragement when we are connected to other believers through the local church as the body of Jesus on this earth that's what we are we're the body of jesus christ on this earth now scripture will help you so you know we're just not making this up romans 12 4 and 5 says for just as one body we have many members and not all the members serve the same function so we who are many are one body in christ and individually we are members who belong members who belong members who belong to one another scriptural it's it's biblical ephesians 4 verse 15 says but practicing The truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Christ, who is the head. From him, the whole body grows, fitted and held together through every supporting ligament. As each one does its part, the body builds itself up in love. Isn't it cool? You are part of the body of Christ. I don't know what part you play. You, 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 like me, probably have parts you'd like to play. You know, if you, if you looked at the anatomy of a body, you know, we want to be a particular part. Ain't nobody wants to be like the big toe. It's a terrible part. It's tucked away in a nasty sock with smelly friends, you know. I mean, it's awful, you know. It's, it's awful. But it's vitally important to the human body. I was talking with a, a lady just the other day. She was at her midweek Wednesday service, and I was asking if anybody had ever bro- broken a bone, and she said, I broke my big toe. If you want to know how important the big toe is, go home after church, take your shoe and sock off it and whack it real good with a big three-pound hammer. Watch your whole body respond. Your whole body will let you know that it is connected. And then your whole body will walk and your big toe will let the whole body know it's not functioning properly. Listen, I don't know if your job is to be the big toe. I don't know if your job is to be the brain, okay, or somewhere in between. It doesn't matter. God created you to be part of the body. And the body is only a part of the body when it's connected to the body. And that's the importance of church partnership. Number two, it's important culturally. We live in a world of shifting sands and moral relativism. As I said earlier, we have lost our minds. You know, we're headed in the wrong direction on the fast track. Meanwhile, the church was given to be the one thing that is built on solid, unwavering granite foundation, which is the word of God and the Lord Jesus. You see, the word of God has been with us for about 4,000 years, it's never changed. No matter what cultural paradigms shift, no matter what new philosophy or ideology throws up a flag and says, hey, we need to do this or that, the word of God is fixed. It just stands there for what it is and says, Here, this is the truth you can believe what you want to this is the truth and this is how you practically apply this truth it never moves and so culturally the church is the one thing in this drifting world the one thing that the world should look to when it's when it is coming unglued to look to the church and say we haven't tried that yet or maybe we tried it and now we see what the world looks like we need to run back to that and when they come to the church it ought, to be, it ought to look very much like it did 2,000 years ago in terms of what it believes and how it loves other people. And so it's important. Being a partner with a great church is important culturally. Matthew 7, verse 24 says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. The rain fell, the flood came, the winds beat against the house, but it did not collapse because its foundation had been laid on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the flood came, the winds beat against the house, and it collapsed and it was utterly destroyed. You don't have to look far to find people who are building their lives on a sand foundation. And if you observe them long enough, unfortunately, You will see their house crumble around them. Meanwhile, you and I have a church, the family of God, the bride of Christ, who we are built on truth, a solid foundation that will not move. And so it's an anchor for the world that's losing its way. Thirdly, I want you to see it's important personally Membership is important, partnership is important personally because we find strength by standing with others. In a world where commitment to schools, jobs, and marriage, and country is being sacrificed on the altar of personal happiness and consumer-driven attitudes, church membership pushes back and calls individuals to lock arms with others and stand together. Committed to a higher calling and a greater good, When we're committed to something bigger than ourselves, it reminds us now that we must be accountable to that thing. We begin to take ownership of something bigger than the pettiness of our own individual selfish life. Meanwhile, a drifter trying to stand alone will never fully develop as a person because God created us as relational human beings. You know that, right? God created Adam for relationship with him. God lets Adam do a lot of work naming the animals, and then he, God noticed that Adam was alone. He was lonely. And so he created uh, and fashioned a woman to be with him. God built us to be relational. And as believers, as, as individual children of God, saved in Jesus's blood, we are built to have relationship with each other. There's really nothing sweeter than, than to have a relationship with Christians. And let me tell you how I know that. Because I got saved when I was nine years and months old and Kendra and I got married in 1985 and we've been a part of a whole lot of stuff we've been a part of different businesses and different organizations along the way different teams and different things but the one thing that has stood true for us the one thing that it has helped us most in our whole life is the local church and it's the it's the craziest thing we can move away God will move has moved us away to different places and we may not see some of our Christian brothers and sisters that we were close to in a particular church. We may not see them for 30 years. And we'll run into them, and it was like yesterday. It was like it's common again, as if we never missed a day. And it gives us a glimpse of the eternal nature of our relationship that we will have with brothers and sisters and with Jesus in heaven in the next world. Hebrews 10 24 and 25 says this about. The significance for you and for me personally to have partnership with the local church. Hebrews 10 24, 25 says, Let us take thought of how to spur one another on to love and good works, not abandoning our meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and even more so, because you see the day drawing near another translation the King James says forsake not the assembling of yourselves together such as is common to some and even more so as you see the day approaching I want to challenge you as a born again child of God to hold Sunday in high esteem to set it apart to defend it to be devoted to it to be faithful to it Sometimes what we do is we allow the blessings of God to actually interfere with our faithfulness to the Lord's church. People develop, they begin to, to, to develop, uh, accumulate material possessions. So they God lets them generate wealth. It comes from God. I can show you in the Bible. They generate wealth and so they begin to buy some fun toys and there's nothing wrong with toys. They buy a new boat. They buy an ATV. They buy... A vacation home they buy they buy things with their money and then all of a sudden the thing that God blessed them with has become a distraction so now that thing that God has blessed them with has replaced their faithfulness their committedness to the Lord's church on Sunday and we don't judge I'm not judging anybody I've been a part of that I know how easy that is but I'm just challenging you remember the Lord's church and the Lord's day you see, Saturday to the Jew was the Shabbat. It was the Sabbath. And the commandment said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. We don't worship on Saturday. That's the Jewish Shabbat. That's the Old Covenant. The new church from, when, from its inception worshiped together on Sunday to celebrate the resurrection day of Jesus the Savior. And for 2,000 years, men and women, boys and girls, have come together on Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And every believer should have a passion and a, de- a desire to come together with other people to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And that's why we come together as a church. And so being a partner is personally important to you. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the name of of our Lord Jesus Christ to agree together to end your divisions and to be united by the same mind and the same purpose and I could read you scripture after scripture to point to the significance in your personal life of being partnered with the Lord's church the next one it's important practically membership is important practically let me explain Membership defines the expectations and develops the allegiance to one common purpose. Okay, now watch this. Every team has a roster. Every school has an enrollment. Every business has a payroll. Every branch of military has an enlistment. Every country has registered citizens. And every one of those institutions have a goal and and an agenda and a playbook to operate by doesn't it make sense that the greatest institution that this planet earth has ever seen is the church doesn't it make sense that it would maintain some level of contact of connection to its constituency some level of measuring what it looks like in dimensions some level of including people into a greater good sure it does it's called church membership church partnership it's, it's called being born again connected to others in the local body of Jesus Christ called the church Acts chapter 2 helps us understand that even from its inception, they were counting people and measuring and monitoring the growth of the church family. Acts 2 says, so those who accepted the message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added. You keep reading in verse 47, and the Lord was adding to their number Every day, those who were being saved. You keep reading, and now it multiplied. He began to multiply the growth of the church. And so, we're to be a part of it, practically. But not only that, finally, membership and partnership to the local church is important missionally. Let me explain why. Partnership affords every person the opportunity to find support in the great commission this is so cool he saved us one by one but he didn't want us to be alone and then he challenged us to take this message to the world in the new testament he told them to go out two by two and go out into the highways and the byways and to compel them to come in so that his house would be full i mean each out. jesus wasn't afraid of challenge jesus wasn't afraid of growth jesus wasn't afraid of numbers And we're not either. And and so when we partner with a great church, and this is a great church. Listen, I can hold my head up. This is not prideful. This is a great church. And I am just honored and blessed to get to be the pastor here. But it's a great church, not because of me. Because Jesus is doing a work here. And we get to be part of it. I'm telling you, it's not that way. It's not this way everywhere on this day around the world. And, and I don't take it for granted, and you shouldn't either. So, what do we do? We're called into this greater mission to share this truth with the world, to make mature disciples in our world and around the world. Luke chapter 14, verse 23 says, Jesus said, Go out into the highways and the country roads, urge the people to come in, so that my house will be filled. You're to find people in your circle here that you can say, hey, will you help me I, I Man, I'm, I'm burdened about this part of my family. I've got an uncle, an aunt, a cousin, a niece, a nephew. I've got a neighbor. I've got a boss. I've got an employee. I've got a friend who they are separated from God and I'm confident. Will you go with me? Let's go two by two. And see if we can compel them to come in. You you don't have to know the whole Bible. You don't have to understand. You don't have to know well how to share the gospel. Just compel them to come in. Now lead them to Jesus. That's awesome. But before you lead them to Jesus, lead Jesus to them. In other words, when God puts a burden on your heart for somebody, don't just go straight to them. Go to God first and say, God, you put this person on my heart. So I want you to send your Holy Spirit to start doing a little work. I want you to lay the groundwork. I want you to till up the soil. Whatever that takes, whatever that looks like, because I'm going to go plant some seed. And I want you to do what only you can do. We're to go two by two. In Matthew 28, the larger picture, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And remember, this is good. I am with you always to the end of the age. I want you to go out. But I want you to know, you're not going alone. And so that's why we're doing this series. On partnership, the DNA of who we are. Because we need to know. Because we need to share what we know with a whole world out there who doesn't know. Okay? Now, over the next few weeks, these are some of the things we're going to unpack. More about who the church is and why we are what we are. We're going to learn about the Trinity. We're going to learn about man's need for salvation, eternal security, the priesthood of the believer, how you all are ministers just like me, baptism, communion, spiritual growth, relational growth, Faithful growth, talents, time, tithing, serving, evangelism, missions, the Word of God, prayer, division, family, connecting with others, discipline, a disciplined life, unity. We're going to talk about what are essential, what things are essential to salvation, what things are important but not essential. We're going to learn these things because we need to know The foundation of who we are. And I'm telling you, it'll help you. The more secure you are in your personal journey with Jesus, the better your life will be in victory. And the more you will draw people to what it is that you have. And our goal, your goal as an individual, our goal as a church is very, very simple. It's this, hey, God loves you more than you possibly can imagine. And he didn't just say it, he did something about it. He came to this earth and voluntarily laid himself on a cross and bled and died hanging on a cross, a brutal death to pay for my sin debt. Jesus came into my life and saved me. And I wanna tell you of that tell you that story about how he changed my life and my forever destiny it's not rocket science it's a love story that needs to be told to a lost and dying world I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and maybe you're here today and and you just wonder maybe if you are saved or if you really are have a do have a relationship with God through Jesus maybe you just wonder I don't know if I died today I just am really not that sure I want you to know you can be sure and I want you to know today you received a life guide and on the back of it there's a piece you can tear off if you'll just write your name on there and your cell phone number and just check the box I want to know about being saved and turn that in at the connection center we will reach out to you and help you with what could be the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life maybe you need prayer and you're, you've got stuff in your life that is just burdening you and you can't seem to get out from under it we want to know about that on that connection card just write your name and your number and simply say I need prayer if you want to be specific you can if you don't you don't have to and we'll put your prayer request on our prayer chain and you'll have over 100 people praying for you as soon as you do that. Maybe it is on this day that you just need to open yourself up to realizing that God has saved you, but now he wants to use you. He wants to engage you and deploy you in his kingdom agenda called the Great Commission. Whatever that need is, would you respond to him today? As we sing in just a second, the altar is open. If you want to come and pray, you can do it in the privacy of your own seat. But I would say, respond to what the Holy Spirit puts in your heart. Father, we thank you for this day. God, I've got to say thank you again for our boys and girls. I am delighted to pastor a church that you trust with our future. That is, that is just so important to me. And I'm humbled that you would trust us with the future. So God, I pray that we would do well by that. I pray for the mommies and the daddies and the grandparents of these little boys and girls, God, that they would live life for you well before their children, that they would look right there in their house, in the relationship of their mommy and their daddy and say, wow, there's something different. God is real. God, I pray for every boy and girl back there that when the time is right, that you would invite them into your family and they would receive it and we would be a church that disciples them. And now, God, I pray for us, the adults, sitting in this room. I pray, God, that we would be found faithful. I pray, God, that you would help us be partnered with your local church here using our gifts demonstrating the fruit of the spirit in our circles where we live and work and play and God I thank you for letting me be here at this church in this season and we pray that Jesus will always be lifted up and that you will always have your way and your will and you will build your church from this very place at 904 Dry Gap Pike and we'll give you praise and we'll give you glory because it's your church and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.